Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring veterinarian Dr. Debbie White, groomer Joey Villani, news director Lori Brooks. And now, from the Red Barn Studios, here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. Wow, we're going to check in with Dorothy Hunter. She, uh, well, as you might remember, a few weeks ago started eating dog food. We checked in with her on day 13, mm-hmm. uh, all to prove a point. And she had a little bit of flatulence at that time. We're going <laughs> to we're gonna find out how she's faring. I believe she's done. Is she done yet? Is she, she, yes, she is. She with is, the flatulence? Well, the whole eating of the uh, dog food thing, I think that was supposed to last 30, 30 days. 30 days, yeah. So she should be done. We'll find survived. out. Yeah, we'll find out if she's... Uh, has shiny coat and things like that. If she has a craving to pee next to fire hydrants, I don't know. We'll find that out. Uh, also on the show today, for his 13th appearance on Animal Radio, Bob Barker will be back. Lucky 13. Lucky, Lucky 13. 13. Yeah, you yes. know, some people... 13, huh? Is 13 supposed to be... Uh, I mean, people say it's bad I luck. I like 13. Listen, I, th- I dig that I was number. born... Friday the 13th. Were you? Okay, so in September. <laughs> well, there you go. Yes, September, Friday the 13th. Go. It's been very lucky for me. Well, okay, so we're going to change that well. around. Yes. Uh, so Bob Barker will be joining us. He is actually our Hero of the Week, and he has done an extraordinary amount of things, a list so long that I probably won't even be able to cover all that's on this list here. But it, it And he continues. He really does. He, he has taken all of his money, and he has given it to the animals. He wants to spend it for the animals before... He, he passes. He, he How old is he now? Well, he's got to be 90. Yeah, he's in his 90s. 90. Yeah. And Gosh. sharp as a tack. So we'll see if he's still yeah, sharp. We do talk to him several times a year, a couple of times. Mm-hmm. I forget the last time we talked to him, but he'll yeah, be on the show in just a few minutes. It's Tammy Trujillo in the newsroom. What are you working on? We know we talk about all these trendy new things for pets and all. How about liposuction? For your pet? For your pet, but I know what you're thinking. I, it's wow. not for slimming. Not it's not for slimming them down. <laughs> this is like I know that's what I thought too. I thought, oh, you gotta be kidding. No, 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 no. This actually has a very good positive medical application. That you know what? If you have a dog, you want to know about this. Okay, okay, that's on the way. Joey, what are you working on? Um, I'm working on some liposuction for myself. Um, oh, yeah. Is what really what I'm working on. But, That's um, different. No, I'm, I'm working on. I'm actually going to talk about how to get rid of tear staining um, in your pet safely with just some ordinary household products. Oh, that's a big deal. That is. Yeah, a big it is deal. actually. Hey, hey, Joey, I got my first pair of thinning shears. Really? Okay. Okay. Yeah, I'm so excited, and now, I got to tell you, I I went to my hairstylist, and I was getting my hair done and colored and cut, and I said, "Hey, before you put those away, can can you show me how you use those?" <laughs> and she was like, looked at me so strangely. I'm like, I'm ordering a pair for my dog, and I've been watching videos. I just I want to get your tips. So she was helping kind of share those things, and and they're beautiful. They're very nice. They're the carbonized uh, whatever steel stuff, and I haven't got to use them yet. I'm getting ready and uh i don't know if you have tips for that as well oh i got i got a lot of tips i can i can actually show you there just what no the biggest tip is don't drop them as soon as you drop them you got to go get them you got to get them resharpened and rebalanced okay okay wow but um i got a lot of good tips for you you really do you're just like i just want to know you know why she didn't ask me about the you know about the thinning shears she went to a hairstylist you know i mean i'm a little heartbroken that's okay hey i mean i was sitting in the chair and i just looked up and she had a pair and i was like that made me think of it. So I asked her because it was, you know, I'm getting my hair done. A little insulted. Yeah. A little bit. <laughs> hey, uh, Sorry. let's go to, uh, is it Dewin? Yes, it's Dewin. How are you doing today? I'm good. How about you? Thank good. you for taking my call. Yeah, where are you calling from? Um, I'm calling from Fullerton. 
Fullerton, Cal- the L.A. area. Beautiful. So yeah. what's going on? Um, so I have a very leash-reactive dog. I just got her about two and a half months ago from the shelter. She's about four years old. And this is my very first dog. So um, I took her to obedience class. And um, she was very reactive to all of the other dogs there. She wouldn't stop barking until the teacher um, yanked on her collar several times. And then she stopped. But then when I go home and I do that on our walk, um, she seems to get worse. So I don't do that anymore. So mm-hmm. I've started trying to counter condition her, but I've been getting mixed results. Some days it's great. Some days we just have to run away. So, okay. Tell me exactly um, what you're doing when you're out for your walk. Um, so when we're out for a walk, I make sure I stock a whole bunch of chicken because that's the only treat that she'll take. So um, whenever I see a dog, she looks at it and then she turns to look at me and then I give her the the chicken and then we go on our way sometimes it mm-hmm. works sometimes it doesn't and i notice the times that it doesn't work is when the dog directly stares at her and then i have like mm-hmm. one second to like try and move her away and sometimes mm-hmm. i notice like when she tenses and i tug at her to move away um she reacts and other times i have to wait a little bit to try and dingle the chicken in front of her nose and then she'll take it and other times she'll react too so i i kind of don't know if I'm doing it right or wrong. It sounds like you have a, a lot of the right ideas here, definitely. Um, as far as you're teaching, you know, the, the one thing that's so important and a basic thing in, in dealing with a pet is um, having them focus on you. And so you're, you're basically teaching what I call the watch me command. Um, mm-hmm. So using the food as a lure, saying, you know, you know, what's your pet's name? Mike Kim. Mike Kim. So you're saying Mike Kim. And then she looks at you and you give her the little chicken reward. Um, so that is a very important part of teaching her self-control in these situations. So that's great. And I, I'm, I'm thrilled, and especially you're using a high-value food like chicken instead of just, you know, a prepared dog treat or, you know, soft treats. So that sounds really good. Now, um, the only thing that I would say is that from your situation is you really um, need to practice and practice successful focused behavior from a distance. So making sure that you can control um, the proximity of those other dogs or distractions, as we might call them. So when you're doing this, I would definitely try to do it at the, the lower um, population times, you know, early morning, preferably before, you know, other animals are really out and really practice those that watch me command and practice her obedience in just without any distractions. And, and that has to be spot on awesome. And then we work on saying, okay, there's a dog going to be way across the other side of the park. She sees it. You see her eyes focus on it. And then you practice the watch me command, make her do a down, um, you know, give her some a replacement behavior, you know, shake paw, something that shows that she can find a calm position. And that's kind of the second step of uh, the counter conditioning. We want to give her a replacement behavior. You've got to give her something else to do. And watching you is important, but something physically that she can't go barking and lunging at the other dog while she's doing this. Um, and, and then really work on, you know, even if you have to enlist friends or uh, neighbors to help you kind of shorten that distance with her and the nearby dog and really work on that. We, we want to have successes and build on those successes because if we have a couple good times and then there's another dog nearby and she just loses it, um, you know, we've, we've set back a little bit. So you have to rebuild from there. So we have to set that good pattern of successes. But it really sounds like you're, you're doing a lot of the right things. Now, the only thing that I do find... Um, with a dog that is very leash reactive that can make them worse is if we actually stop and you face 
the uh, the distraction dog. Um, that can actually be too much and too overstimulating. And and I actually this happened to me the other day. I was walking my dog and it was like four a.m. and I'm walking, and this other lady was like, I started to stop and you know to say hi, and she's like, keep walking, keep walking, please keep walking, good dog. And so it was very important for her that I not stop and make that direct eye contact with her dog, whether it was human aggression or dog aggression. So she gave me that cue to kind of keep moving on. But that's where you'll have a failure um, and you're setting your dog up to, to, to not do very well in that situation if you let them stop close nearby. Just control, take in the other direction if you start to notice she's getting agitated and then get a safe distance. Does that sound, does that make sense? Yes. How, how long does it take to fully counter condition a dog to other dogs? You know, it really depends. It depends on kind of those things that I mentioned is how successful you are at preventing um, those uh, those bad outcomes, um, as well as the, the dog's uh, own behavior, you know, what your relationship is to her. She's new to you. So even things like basic obedience and having her look at you as, you know, kind of the, the leader and what mom says, I'm going to follow spot on every single time. You're very young in your relationship with her. So um, there is no exact time, but I would, uh, I'm not not surprised at all at this point that you're not there yet um you know i think you know give it a couple more months working with what you're doing and uh you know it certainly sounds like you're heading down the right way one of my friends she brought her dog to help and i think we kind of did it wrong because um we were just trying to get our dogs to pass uh, pass each other without barking and my dog Mm -hmm. of course went nuts but then the thing is after i took my dog into our backyard and then her dog came into my house and we let them off leash in my backyard, they were fine. And then mm-hmm. we were oh, able sure. to take them out on the... So mm-hmm. I, I don't get it, because she barked like crazy at the other dog before, but then they're playing fine, and then they're out walking, mm-hmm. so... Um, and that's great. If you know that she's not necessarily aggressive in those situations and you have a trusted friend and dog, mm-hmm. that's great because, yes, the leash is very different, and um, you will find that, that dogs will... Um, it's like an invisible zone. That, that leash to human zone is very different than other environments when they're off leash. And that's actually one of the the, uh, the ways that behaviorists will work with a pet with leash aggression is they see, you know, are, are they aggressive with all animals or is it really just that connection between the human and the leash? Um, so, yeah, and that's a different motivation then. You know, she's being protective of you and in this off leash situation, she's not feeling like she has to perform that duty. So that's where you need to take, you know, kind of in charge of the relationship and show that you've got this. I got this. I'm fine. I don't need you to do this for me. And when she gets that that understanding, then uh, then you'll you'll find those results. Then would you suggest starting at the dog park then, um, letting her play with other dogs there and then walk her out afterwards? Or is that not a good idea? I would not recommend it in the dog park situation where you don't know the individuals because if you do have an altercation, you're going to have a bite (laughs) report. Um, So if you do have friends or family members that you know that she's um, interacting well, um, and preferably, you know, off her turf is going to be best, um, where she might not be as prone to be protective um, of her own territory. Um, that I would recommend just to do that to the dog park. I think that's a little bit of a social experiment, and I don't, I don't ask that for anybody to have to, you know, come up to some dog we don't know how they're going to be react to. Okay. Hey, thanks for your call today. Hopefully that'll help. If you need a follow-up, please feel free to call us. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. 
This is Greg Biffle on Animal Radio, and remember to spay the new to your pets. Attention sports fans, now you can watch every football game you want all season long without leaving your home with Dish for about 50 bucks a month. Compared to your cable bill, you can save almost $600 a year. Call right now and sign up for Dish and watch every football game you want. With Dish, there are no boxes to pay, plus get free installation as soon as tomorrow if you call now. And with Dish Anywhere, you can watch your favorite sports and channels on your smartphone, tablet, or laptop. Be one of the first 100 orders right now and get a free voice remote. Don't miss a single football game all year long and save a ton of money. Get a free voice remote and free installation as soon as tomorrow. But you gotta call All American Dish right now. 800 380 4452. 800 380 4452. 800-380-4452. You can ask your questions directly from the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's a free download. Download it now, just like Wendy did. Hey, Wendy, how are you? Hi, I'm doing well, thank you. Where are you calling from today? From Viola, California. Where is Viola? Is that northern or southern? Next to Fresno. Oh, next to Fresno. Okay. Yes. Are you listening online or are you listening on radio? What, are you, what station are you listening um, to? I usually listen online. Oh, okay. Well, thank you so much. How can we help you? I have the gang all here for you. Um, I have three weenie dogs, and um, I love them. I've had them all for um, between 6 and 13 years, and um, they sleep with me in bed. Um, and However, I'm seven months pregnant, and mm-hmm. uh, I have a new baby coming, my first baby, and my dogs like to jump up in the middle of the night if they hear a noise, and they'll start barking, and they'll jump off the bed and run out the doggy door to go see what's going on outside. And then they do this maybe you know twice a night or so, and my question is, how do I go about training them not to do that? Because once the baby gets here, they're going to you know, startle it by barking in the middle of the night or, or you know, wake it up. So how do I go about training them not to do that? Okay. Well, th- this can be a complicated answer because a lot of this, you have to make some decisions about your future and your dog's future. Um, the first thing is, um, are you going to try to maintain that relationship of having them all sleep in bed with you um, after the baby comes? Okay. No, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to set them up their own doggy spot when the baby gets okay. here. However, okay. I need, I, I, yeah, that's, that's something I need to work on, too. Th- that's, that's, yeah, that's definitely number one. And, and you've only got a few months to go. So this is, this is a very complicated thing to uh, turn around in a short period of time, time because there's a lot of factors going on. So that's the first thing. Um, the second thing is you have unrestrained access for your dogs to go bark to their own delight outside. And barking is delightful for dogs. It, it is a self-rewarding right. behavior. So there's every time they do that, they're having a blast. They're having fun. And they also think they're doing a very important job for your household. So right. the the sleeping situation is one thing. And then this access is going to be the other. So even if we, say, put them in another room, put them in kennels, um, they're going to bark. And they're going to bark because they've had this pattern of thinking they're doing their job and then enjoying the, the rewards of it is how they feel afterwards. So right. that's kind of the first thing is training them now to where you want them to sleep and how your expectations are going to be about that. And if that includes kenneling them, and I 
I hope that they are kennel comfortable so that this, this isn't going to be a, a big change for them. Um, that's certainly one thing. If you're not going to kennel restrain them and, and confine them, um, then closing off the doggy door and starting that transition, at least at this point, is going to be very important. Because um, we want our dogs to bark when something is, you know, right. upsetting, something startling, but not when, you know, the, the wind is blowing, not when in the, it's raining or someone's walking by right. your house. So th- that's going to be the challenge. And and you got, as, as you were telling your history, you said weenie dogs. And I was like, oh, this is either going to be about barking or aggression because <laughs> <laughs> they're fun dogs, but they definitely have their little little, little quirks when it comes to some of these behavioral things. Do. I don't mind if they jump up, you know, but just just don't start barking until you get out of the doggy door. Then you can bark, you know. Well, you can't. Well, you can't tell them that. That that's that's yeah, not going to be an easy thing. <laughs> so here is some of the things to think about. Number one thing is look at the with this behavior as it's happening, and sometimes there'll be like a pack leader when it comes to barking. There's someone who starts the alert, and everyone else kind of right. joins in, and and then you know realizing that that it is it's a pack behavior that uh, one gets them going, and then they all join in, and it's kind of like a group fun. We need to work on each of them and train them individually, but often I'll focus my efforts on that that leader of of the group. So in a lot of that is working on uh, focus and training them to listen and to sit at your command despite the distractions. Um, the other thing, and I mention this um, because not because I'm into you know punishment or discipline, but for some folks with multiple pets, and especially in a short period of time, it can be hard to work on training unless you get a, a, a private trainer to help you and to change all these behaviors in a short period of time that you may actually look at something like the, um, the ultrasonic devices for barking. The bar collars in your situation, I don't really recommend. You've got three dogs. I, you know, I don't think that's going to be the most helpful, especially because you got all these other factors of them all grouping together. But I have had some clients that have had success with the ultrasonic deterrence. The problem is some dogs get used to them after time, and you know, they may not. It may stop them for a while, and then they become refractory and they'll start barking after they get used to that kind of uh, sound. That uh, it doesn't hurt them, but it's it's meant to be a distraction and to irritate them. How, do, how um, does that work, the ultrasonic uh, devices? Is that something they wear on a collar, or is that something I just plug in in the house? It's something you plug in, and it's usually, I don't like it for, like, enclosed areas, like really small areas, but if it's for a room in a house, um, it can be helpful. Yeah, so it basically, um, it'll, it goes off as the dog makes a barking sound, and oh. um, it, it's basically, it'd be the equivalent of uh, having a foghorn and blowing it, but not having the whole household wake up. <laughs> oh, I see. Okay. I'll take that into consideration. Thank you. So, I yeah. about that. But by itself, you know, this isn't going to fix it. But with all these other steps, um, you know, I think you could certainly get, get some good headway with this. Um, and, and I mentioned getting a, a trainer um, locally. Um, I do really recommend that because that can help a lot when it comes to a lot of the, the dachshund things. It, they're driven because they think they're the boss of the household. And, right. and they usually are. <laughs> Right, and they have been. They have been. Mm-hmm. So a lot of it is, you know, no matter what you do, if you don't have uh, kind of the, the respect of your dogs, that you're the boss and they listen to you, if you say, hey, don't do that, get off the furniture, um, y- you're only going to have limited success. So that's why a trainer is helpful, not just for the barking aspect, but for really getting kind of control of your herd before your baby comes along. All righty. Wendy, whatever you do, if you're going to start kicking them out of the bedroom and changing their sleeping habits, do it before the baby comes. Start right. now because if you wait until the baby comes, they're going to attribute that 
negativity to the baby. Oh, yeah. And That's they're going to assume that, mm-hmm. God, I'm kicked out of the room. Look at that baby's here. Now I'm kicked out. I don't like that baby. But if you start now yeah. before the baby comes, then they won't okay. associate it with the baby. If you're trying to quit drinking or doing too many drugs, listen to me. You don't know me and we'll never meet. I had a problem like you once. I drank and used to party a little too much till it got out of control and almost ruined my life. I realized I needed help to fix my problem before it totally destroyed me. If you've tried to fix your drinking and drug problem and you know you can't do it alone, you need to call the National Treatment Advisors. They'll immerse you into a 30-day program to replace your old habits with new habits and totally change your life. And if you have PPO private health insurance, the entire program may be covered. Fix your problem right now before it gets any worse. Get clean. Call now and learn more. 877-247-1584-877-247-1584-877-247-1584. This is an Animal Radio News Update. I'm Tammy Trujillo. Liposuction for pets. All right, hang on here. Now, same word, very different application for animals. It's a new way to treat benign fatty masses that grow on older and overweight animals, especially on dogs. In the past, removing these masses was a major surgery, required up to 30 stitches and a pretty long recovery. But the liposuction is done through a very small incision, and the animal's usually back to normal in about 48 hours. Less anesthesia is used, that's also good, but there is a 23% chance the mass might return because the entire fat capsule is not removed just the fat in it. It's one of several new advanced non-invasive procedures being done at Animal Clinic Northview in Northeast Ohio, and it's been attracting people and pets from several nearby states. They're also using scopes and tools that are generally used for human colonoscopies to diagnose and treat tumors that up until now were nearly impossible to reach. The state of New York, what's going on there? It's really standing up for its animals. Governor Andrew Cuomo has raised the fine for trying to steal someone's pet to $1,000. Trying to steal, not even succeeding. And that is a huge increase over the old maximum fine of $200 that was set way back in 1970. It's also a crime in New York now to remove a collar or ID from a pet without the guardian's permission, to take an animal while it's being held or on a leash, or to transport one without the authorization of the guardian in order to sell it or to even kill it. Also from New York, but if this thing passes, it's going to be nationwide. U.S. Senator Charles Schumer is working with Connecticut Senator Richard Blumenthal on legislation that would require veterinarians to write prescriptions that pet guardians could take to their regular pharmacy to fill or that they could fill online. Schumer says we're just paying too darn much for pet meds because vets, of course, would prefer to sell the drugs themselves at prices higher than a pharmacy would charge. He says about $10 billion, that's with a B, dollars a year on pet meds and other health-related products are being spent. I'm Tammy Trujillo. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com. Let's uh, take a call from Jan. Hey, Jan, how are you doing? I'm great. How are you? Splendid. What's going on? Um, four-year-old German Shepherd Maxine. She's all black. She's blown out her fur, and I just can't get enough of that undercoat out to make her not look like she's mangy. Okay, Jan. So i got a couple of questions for you. Sure. What kind of brush are you using? 
I'm using one of those little steel tooth. They're really they're kind of short and really close together dog brushes. Okay, and are, are the bristles at the end bent uh, bent in, inward yeah. towards you? Okay, okay. So you're using the right brush. A um, couple of things it could be. Some dogs, and I'm going to be very honest with you, just shed no matter what you what you do. But there's a few things that you can do to reduce the shedding. Number one, after you bathe your dog. Now, do you bathe your dog at home? I do. I just bathed her this last week because I thought, well, maybe that would help loosen up that undercoat fur, which it did, but not, she's just this big fuzzball now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so basically, this is this is what I would do: is I would um, wash your dog and condition your dog heavily, and then what you want to do is is only rinse out some of the conditioner, not all of it. Leave a little bit in there, just a small amount. It's not going to hurt your dog. Now, basically, what you're doing, it's almost like you're lubricating everything, just just to be able to get it out. Because what happens is, is sometimes coat. If you if your dog is a German Shepherd that has that real heavy thick coat that just the undercoat sometimes has a hard time actually getting out so what it does mm -hmm. it binds itself to the to, to the coat that's there that's the, the living coat um that's not ready to come out so what you want to do is as soon as your dog you towel dry your dog do a good brushing and combing and i'm going to specify it, and combing because that's really important and you want to be able to get your comb 100 percent through the dog right down to the skin and it should go through easily if it doesn't then you want to brush that area a little bit more until you're able to do that once the dog becomes dry immediately when the dog becomes dry you want to repeat the process because what will happen is is you loosened up a lot of it that really didn't come out because it was wet and you know bound to that coat a little bit just because it's wet and then go over it again and okay. if you had a tool like a um um, it's a carding tool, but the most famous carding tool out there is a Ferminator. And they're a little bit pricey. They're anywhere between 40 and $60, but they work wonders. And what you'll do is you'll take that tool and you'll just use the weight of the tool and you'll go over the dog as if you are brushing, as if you're brushing the dog. Now, one thing that's really important with these tools if you do it too hard, there's two things that are going to happen. You're going to cut the coat, which is going to make everything worse because when you cut a shedding dog's coat, you, it grows more undercoat. So you want to do it real lightly. The other thing you can do if you press too hard is you can irritate. So you want to constantly keep looking at the skin. If you do this, I'm going to say in the beginning, in order to get it under control, um, if you bathe your dog once, that every day during the week, after the bath, you want you want to do this for seven days until the shedding reduces. Now it's never going to stop, so you don't want to brush until right. you think it's going to stop. But what you can do is, and the best way I tell people is to be able to tell when to stop is remove all the loose coat off of the dog and then pet your dog. And when you pet your dog, if no hair is flying off, that's when you're mm -hmm. done. Okay, that's when you know that you're done because you can you can comb that dog bald and, and every, every piece of hair will come out eventually um, at some point so that, that's how you know when the natural process of it is, is ready but really depending on your on your pet some dogs just shed an awful lot and um, a lot of times you can only reduce the amount but you can never stop it right well and I understand that she is a dog but she's all black and right now she with all the the coat that's coming out she looks red because all that that undercoat is just such a, uh, a 
It's just you know what? And also, they make a great product. I don't know if you have any equestrian um, places around you where they sell horse products. And mm-hmm. there is a product called Shoshin. You can even order, order it offline. Now, it's a silicone-based product, so you don't want to use it more than, I'm going to say, twice a month. But what that's also going to do, it's going to coat the hair. Um, and it's going to, it, your shedding coat will release a little bit easier and it'll come out quicker. So when you brush your pet, it'll come out a little bit easier for you. And that reddish dead coat will come right out. But if you use it too much, the hair will start breaking off. So I don't, I'd say no more than twice a month. But I'm going to tell you right now, that's one of my big secrets that I, that I use on shedding dogs in the salon, the show sheen. It works, it works unbelievable. Okay, super. Hey, Jan, thanks for your call today. We appreciate you listening to Animal Radio. I wish I could invent a um, a de-shedding product that actually worked, that removed all the coat, because I think it would um, make make me a lot of money if, um, if there was something out there that can do it. There's a lot of things out there that claim they can do it, but it's such a natural process, it's almost impossible. Mm. Mm, that's all I get is, mm, okay. You know, this is a pretty good, um, pretty cool tip, actually. Um, they all are. Um, it's, it's, yeah, no, I know, but I, you know what? I, I rather, I rather like this one because it, it, it's going to save people a lot of money. Um, I want to talk a little bit about tear staining. Tear staining basically is a, um, it's a red yeast that builds up um, inside the dog. Okay, basically it's a bacteria. Okay, and from the tearing, what happens is it gets into the hair shaft and actually discolors it, and that's what causes the staining. Now there's a lot of products out there that'll help. Some are topical. And some um, you add it to their water, and they'll drink it and digest it, and, and it goes through their system. The topicals, basically, a lot of them are very, very harsh and um, could be pretty dangerous to your pet's eye if it's not done correctly. The ones that you ingest are pretty um, that the dog ingests are pretty safe, um, but they're extremely costly. So a study was just done it was really what what causes this, and they're finding out that the higher the acidic level in the dog the more it'll produce the red yeast. So they say that the dog needs to, al- you need to alkaline your pet's body. And the easiest way to do that is by adding something that a lot of people would have in the refrigerator that probably costs no more than on the expensive side, $8, and on the, the cheaper side, about 99 cents. And that's um, apple cider vinegar. And what you're going to do with the apple cider vinegar is you're actually going to add it to their water. Now, this is something you have to do gradually, and you don't want to add a lot. To a full water bowl, you don't want to add more. And it doesn't matter the size of the dog because the dog is going to drink the amount of liquids that it needs. Um, and it's not going to hurt them if they drank too much. But you, you don't want to add more than a teaspoon. That's all you need. And I would say start it gradually. What I would do is I would add just a few drops every single week, increasing the dosage until you get until you get to the highest dosage. Um, I know people who have seen results within um, four to six weeks. And again, listen, it's not something that's going to change overnight. It's not something that started overnight. So let's gradually remove it, and it's a natural way of removing it. And also, alkaline your pet's body, which is um, if you read the health benefits on that alone, is um, pretty um, astonishing. But I know people who have removed 100% of it. Now, what's going to happen is the hair that's already been discolored at this point 
will never change back. That's in there. But the new growth is going to grow out natural, and it's going to grow out with the with the lighter color, whether your dog is white, apricot, or whatever the light color that's being stained is, and it'll come back to its natural color. And the stuff that um is, is already there, we can just trim it away, have your groomer trim it away so you'll never notice that it was cut, and then you'll have a dog with um, no tear stain and um, very inexpensively um, taken care of. I recommend the organic kind, only because, you know, you never know how the other kind is made. It's a little bit more expensive, but you know what? A bottle should last you an awful long time. Goodbye, empty calorie look-alike dog treats, and hello, yummy combs. The nutritious treat that cleans dogs' teeth between vet visits. Our novel honeycomb-shaped flosses between and around the teeth and gums, where oral disease can start. Yummy combs come in five sizes based on dog weight. Plus, they're 44% protein-rich with 12 wellness ingredients. Teach your dog a new treat. Find Yummy Combs at your local pet store or vet's office. This is Animal Radio, baby. It's Animal Radio celebrating our connection with our pets. I am very excited to check in with Dorothy Hunter again. Last time we spoke to her, she was on day 13 of eating only pet food. And she had a little flatulence problem at that (laughs) time. But, you know, as we always say, when you change your foods, you should do it slowly with the animals. And uh, a little bit at a time because that can upset their stomach. Yeah, I mix think in the new stuff yeah, with the old might stuff. Might have been what happened to her. Yeah. I don't know. Hey, Dorothy, how are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? Good. So by my calendar, you're done, right? I am done. So you, for 30 days, you ate dog food and you sound kind of happy to be done. <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> it's uh, probably no reflection on the actual dog food, but I'm sure no. that uh, it's uh, the regular food that you're you're. You're feeling good about, again, the cheeseburgers and all of that the stuff. The pizza, yeah. donuts. Yeah. Um, after I got done with my diet and then I went straight back to human food, I actually had a terribly upset stomach going back to people food. And then, of course, I went to Las Vegas and, uh-huh. and had some pretty uh, extravagant dinners. And uh, I was a little hurt in there for a day or two, but I, I popped out of it. And I think that my next little training thing that I'll be doing or sharing is going to be all about probiotics. <laughs> Probiotics. Well, okay, we'll find out about that in just a couple of seconds here. Uh-huh. So what was your first human meal after 30 days? You know, I was thinking I wanted salmon, but as the days got closer, I just wanted a big old hamburger. And I went to a, a local little restaurant here and, and had myself a, a blue cheeseburger. It was delicious. Uh, let's go back to the food. So did you get over your flatulence problem or did that? Oh, uh, yeah. Okay, good. That's good to hear. <laughs> did you have a favorite? Oh, my gosh. You know, it kind of depended on the week. Because, you know, after you eat something for so long, you're sick of it. And um, I realized, you know, changing up a pet's diet on a regular basis, which my pets, I change their food all the time, and it doesn't bother them at all. But I can see where eating the same food could get very dull and boring for a pet. You said that uh, perhaps on your last day you would eat some tripe. Mm -hmm. Uh Mm-hmm. I did it it on a Thursday, and uh, you'll have to look at the, it was like day 27 or something like that. It was this Thursday video. Yes, I tried the tribe. Now, you do have videos of all of this. Oh, yeah. They're on uh, YouTube. Okay. We'll put links over at AnimalRadio.com so listeners... You did this for a reason. It actually kind of started off as, uh, well, an accident. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Tell listeners that didn't hear you on day 13 how you got doing this. So, what we were doing was... I was... I was busy, and I was throwing freight and stuff at the store, and I just grabbed a bag of treats off the shelf and, and kind of shared with the customers about the treats. And 
you know, I was explaining to him how good the ingredients were, and, and we decided to do this as ingredient awareness and to share the information with people to flip those packages over and, you know, question the sourcing, question the ingredients, and, and really look at it. You did this uh, to really bring attention to some of the foods, and especially the foods that you're selling, because you don't have any Purinas in your store or anything like that. You have Correct. really quality foods. And you believe that's very important. Now, is your coat any shinier? That was one question that I... <laughs> you know, um, I would say that I'm not losing, you know, for being on it for 30 days. Uh, I'm not going to say it's shinier, but I can say that I didn't feel like, seem like I had as much hair loss in my brush in the morning. Oh, well, that's really? interesting. You're not shedding. So, There's no shedding going on now. No shedding. <laughs> what about weight loss? Oh, um, pound and a half after the whole month. Oh, wow. maybe that's Did a new diet, say, the dog food diet. Yeah. I'm sorry. No, could, it's could be. not recommended. <laughs> Didn't you say that you, you were going to your doctor and, and you were going to have them check you out? Did they have any assessments afterwards? Um, he wasn't a very good sport about it all. Oh. And because oh. of, and I'll explain why. Okay. Because my health insurance wouldn't pay for just doing this because of. They had to have a medical reason, and mm-hmm. after he did, like, my physical, he saw no reason to draw any blood or do anything. My blood pressure was good. My pulse was good. Everything was fine, and he, he could not justify medically for, you know, we don't want to use the um, our insurance for things that it's not supposed to be used for. And mm-hmm. so he, he would not sign for me to get a blood test. You went to a so- human doctor? Yeah, I wouldn't take him. Why don't you go to a veterinarian? I was going to say, they would your blood. Veterinarians are far more lighthearted. I think. I think that's your big mistake. Yeah, we don't get that bent out of shape about this kind of thing. Yeah, so, but they didn't want. You know, we didn't want to be using the medical system. For sure. Long, and and that's why he would not. Um, you know, he did his his physical and said, "Yep, you're healthy." Good. Sent me on my way. <laughs> well, good. You know, we uh, we made you the hero of the week several weeks back, and it looks like now the women in the pet industry network have nominated you. Or, or yeah, that actually happened before I started eating the pet food, and the two actually don't have anything to do with each other. Oh, they don't. On that sense, but yes, I am a finalist for Rising Star. Oh, that's that's kind of cool. I like that yeah. very much. Yeah, you're winning yeah. awards all over the place. You got to love yeah. that. And then we were nominated for, um, we have a nomination in for the Pet Industry Federation out of UK, which was kind of neat. Well, very cool. All around the world. Well, you're in in good company as uh, Animal Radio's hero. A little later on today, we will be uh, honoring Bob Barker. Bob Barker will be joining us. Bob is awesome. He is awesome. This will actually be his 13th time on uh, Animal Radio, and we're not sure if that's going to be Lucky 13. We think it's Lucky 13. Yes, absolutely. And uh, uh, he'll uh, tell us about all the animals that he's been saving and uh, all the stuff he's been doing. Bob does some amazing work. He really does. He does. And uh, it's great to see that he is spending this money. You know, he says he he wants to do this while he's still alive. Mm -hmm. And so that's great that he's... uh, uh, helping so many organizations. We'll find out more about him in a few minutes. My point here is that you're in great company as Hero of the Week, and uh, it's great to check in with you. Let us know what you're up to next. Uh, give us a call and keep us posted, okay? I will, absolutely. There she goes, the awesome Dorothy Hunter, who ate dog food for 30 days to prove the worthiness of good, solid dog food. And that could get her in the Guinness Book of World Records. Well, we should check on that. And if so, we've got to do it for 31 days. <laughs> <laughs> 
Go, yeah, you guys, go ahead. I nominate Hal. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll, yeah. Yeah, me too. I'll cheat okay. on Hal. There you go, Hal. Ra ra, just goomba. Go You're Hal. Go in. Hal. Yeah. Well, I already sleep in the doghouse. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at animalradio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Yeah, puppy pads are convenient, but sometimes they're really gross. That's why the Animal Radio studio stunt dog, Ladybug, uses the brilliant pad self-cleaning puppy pad. We love how it handles number one and number two. It seals away the waste and replaces dirty pads for us. Brilliant pad keeps our home clean and smelling fresh. All we do is replace the roll once every few weeks. And the process is fast and clean. In fact, Ladybug gives it five paws up. Learn more about it at BrilliantPad.com. Celebrating the connection with our pets. This is Animal Radio, featuring veterinarian Dr. Debbie White, groomer Joey Villani, news director Lori Brooks. And now, from the Red Barn Studios, here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. And coming up this hour for his 13th appearance on Animal Radio, that would be Mr. Bob Barker. And uh, he's actually our hero of the week. So that's very cool. It's, yes, it is. He's certainly done a lot. And uh, he's... Are we heroing him for a certain thing? Or are we heroing him? Multi. For cumulative work. Yes. Cumulative. He's been doing <laughs> it for right. years. I was going to say since he's retired, but it's not like he's retired. He's just retired from showbiz and he's now he's working for the animals. God bless him. He's got to be what, 90? Yeah, at least. He'll be on in just a few minutes right here on uh, Animal Radio. Almost forgot where I was where are for you just now? a second. Almost was at my other job for just a second. Then I realized I was talking about animals, and I don't do that at my other job. It's usually paper or plastic. That's all I usually say at my other job. <laughs> anyway, uh, so where were we? Well, I was going to tell you about my job. Yes, which is a veterinarian, and it's a... <laughs> Real job. Uh, we all praise you. What's what's going on at your job? Well, you know, I just, you know, every now and then I have to vent a little bit, you know. And um, I am all about um, owner education, but miseducation is not good. So I have a lot of people that have been in lately with saying their dog has arthritis, and it has been incorrect in some situations. We've had dogs that had actually bone cancer, um, some that Ooh. had ruptured ligaments. And, you know, really we lose the opportunity to help the pet if we don't get that pet in. So uh, before people misdiagnose their pets, I just have some tips. Um, first thing is that if your pet is, pet is limping on the back leg and is picking up that leg and not putting any weight on it, it isn't necessarily hip dysplasia. I get that all the time. It's, it's more likely the knee or the foot hip problems, usually it's a favoring, it's a limp, it's a gimp. So that's very important when you're describing things to your vet. And then the other thing is that when we're talking about little dogs, small dogs, number one thing we look at is we're going to look at the patellas, the kneecaps as the first thing. So arthritis can happen in the knee from a patella, but there's an underlying problem there. And in the converse, if we've got a big or very active dog, the cruciate ligament, which is a stabilizing ligament in the knee, is very suspect. So we look there. And then, so uh, are people diagnosing their own animals? Is that what you're saying? What, are they going to the Internet and then saying, hey, this is what they have or what? Yeah, partly that. And then part of it is they just assume. They assume that a dog limping on the back end just has arthritis or it has hip dysplasia. And th- that isn't necessarily the case. And we actually have to do an exam and in many cases an x-ray you know, to appropriately diagnose the pet. And there, there could be very different ways that we approach things. Things, depending on what their age, uh, what their health status is, and whether we're going to talk about you know getting 
going into a surgery to prevent arthritis from developing or giving months of medicine hoping that they get better, but we never really you know, get to the root of the problem. Yeah. So it, it just it is frustrating on my end because I know we can do so much more to help some of these animals if we get that diagnosis early. Don't go to your groomer and ask your groomer. Go go to your veterinarian. You know, it's 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 because I always get a lot of people that 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 call me up only because we see the pets a little bit more than the veterinarians, mm-hmm. and say that you know my pet is limping. Um, what should I do? And I always say you know call your veterinarian right away. And um, go to your vet. But sometimes you get groomers out there that will give advice and um, call mm-hmm. your veterinarian. Go to your vet. Your veterinarian shouldn't be grooming um their bouviers and um. No, oh, stop it. <laughs> Diagnosing um, <laughs> medical things. Touche. <laughs> Hi, Maria. Um, I have a question. I have a 13-year-old Papillon. We've never boarded him. And I went and checked out the boarding place. And I'm worried that he's real nervous. What are some of the things okay. that I should do? Oh, great question. I mean, because I think a lot of people go through this type of thing. How How is his general demeanor? How does he do in new situations around new people? Um, he's just, he's very nervous. If he sneezes, he'll shake. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so, so you don't want to clap your hands and get him all worked up there. That's all it takes. And the, 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 the kennel that I looked at, they board like big dogs, like huskies and stuff. So my concern is, you know, he's so old and he's got cataracts and that kind of stuff, and they have an open area. What are some of the things that I should kind of tell the guy? Okay. Now, a couple things that I would certainly recommend. One is if we have a way to have what they would call a quiet room, um, I would prefer that for him. Um, Some kennels, they have a kind of a group area where big dogs and small dogs are all housed together. And that really can be a little intimidating for small dogs. So I prefer them to be actually housed separately if possible. Um, If they can do that, that would be a big plus. Now, one thing I would do is I'd suggest um, basically a dry run ahead of time. And basically, um, we do this here at my office where if we have a new boarder where they're not really familiar with the situation, the building, I like to have them come in and have them spend a few hours at the office where they get to the familiarity, where the, where the pets walk, um, meet the people in the kennel care situation, because that really helps to build a relationship for the pet and helps them to kind of feel a little bit more at ease. So um, I would see if they might do a day boarding situation for you there. And um, is your dog kennel trained or crate trained? He's crate trained, and I was going to take the crate so that he'd have a safe place to go. Um, <laughs> That's take a very blanket. good. Yeah, and you'll you know definitely have to kind of follow with whatever rules they have. But if you're allowed to bring those items, anything that helps to make him feel more comfortable and more at home. Um, and I try to also make sure we stick to schedules and find out what the kennel schedule is. When do they feed? When do they walk? And if possible, make sure your schedule is kind of close to that. So if we keep up those repetitions, we know this time is where we're going to go for a potty walk. We're going to get food at this time. Um, that is a little bit more, uh, makes it a little bit easier transition for the individual pet when they're kind of put in this kind of noisy, scary situation. Um, and some dogs thrive on it. And you know, you'd be surprised. Some dogs just really, they love the group interaction. They hear the other dogs barking and they really can have a good time with it. Um, one other thing you might try, and we can certainly, um, you know, I'm a big fan of using pheromones. And this is an indication where we can use a, a collar that has the scent hormone or pheromone impregnated in it. And it basically helps to release a calming hormone uh, for the individual pet. And uh, that might help to make a transition in this new environment. So uh, I'd give that a whirl as well. 
Where would I find one of those at? You can find a collar like that, a pheromone collar, pretty much at any uh, pet stores, um, any major pet stores, and then as well as at your veterinary office. So uh, I'd uh, you know, give that a whirl. Okay. Well, thank you very much. Okay, I hope that boring visit goes well. What are you working on, Tammy? Another study, and this one, oh, serious stuff here, okay? So hang tight here. Do dogs get jealous? That's a study? Absolutely. We have scientific proof. Okay. Now, not that we needed it, but we we definitely have scientific, hands-down proof that, yes, indeedy, dogs do get jealous. Yeah. I bet cats do too. I know our cats oh, are definitely. You know, I was cats wondering. Cats are that. born jealous. Yeah. They're born jealous. They are jealous just in their nature. Joey, have you ever had a cat? No, I've had cats all my life, but we've only usually had one. You know, we're mainly a dog um, family, but we've only had like one, never two at one time. So, so that, it's hard to tell whether they got jealous or not. Okay. Oh, well, they could have got jealous of the dog. Who knows? Yeah. Well, they I get know. jealous of all sorts of things. I remember 20 years ago they said pets don't have any feelings. <laughs> Dogs don't have any they, feelings. They don't feel okay. pain. They yeah. don't. They just you know why? And poop I don't. I've never sleep. understood that. Why? I mean, no, because me I mean, it's so obvious. I mean, what? I mean, maybe maybe that's why we needed a study because the, it was it. just so obvious that they did that. Um, and no one wanted to recognize it back then. Okay, well they then they didn't have the proof. Praise those studies then. There you go. Well, this portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by Red Barn. And during these uncertain times, Red Barn is grateful for the consistent love and joy our pets bring into our lives. They're also grateful for their all-natural, long-lasting dog chews. Now diligently working alongside their pet parents, your dog deserves a break in between those video chat sessions and lap sitting. Red Barn chews are the natural way to distract your dog during the day or give their paws a break from typing up emails. Thank you, Red Barn, for underwriting Animal Radio. Vinny Penn coming at you once again, your party animal on Animal Radio. I wanted to read you this email that I brought in. It's, it's actually just from a friend I haven't talked to in a long time. It's a girlfriend of mine I haven't talked to in a while. I actually worked with her uh, many years back, and she's telling me how she recently broke up with a boyfriend of hers. They've been together a long time. And at one point, this the most ridiculous word pops up. And for all of you dog owners out there who got a dog together with your as as a sign of commitment in some dating relationship this word comes up and it's the stupidest word known to dog owners visitation yes they've broken up and now they're trying to determine what the visitation rights will be so they can both spend time with their dog with their 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 dog sarah sarah of course is named after uh is short for serendipity because that's the first movie they went to see together uh, a John Cusack movie with Kate Beckinsale. That's trouble right there uh, when you're you're naming the the animals after uh, the, this one the, the wonderful time they had together, this one wonderfully romantic night. But I, I digress. Uh, so now they're discussing visitation rights. Uh, um, he's keeping the dog since it was technically his dog to be. He had just gotten it when they first started dating it. But uh, there was an adoption process. I would imagine at some point these freaky people who do the visitation thing. I, I would imagine there was adoption papers, a little ceremony. A doggy treat with a with a, a ribbon around it. I don't know, whatever. At this point, though, she wants to know when she can see the dog. How often could the dog stay with me every other weekend? And there's a lot of crying and this. Uh, if you ask me, 
This is just a, another way to stay in the... You shouldn't need visitation rights for the dog. Much as the dog may love the two of you. I mean, they, they're, they're, there's really no debating this as far as I'm concerned. She got the CDs. He got the dog. End of story. To come around, especially for a girl. I don't want to give my, my girlfriend a hard time here, but she was the, she, the your standard cut the cord woman. Oh, him and his mother. He's got to cut the cord. Got to cut the cord. Well, then, my friend, you must cut the cord with Sarah and uh, just move on. Visitation rights for a dog. I don't know. That that, that strikes me as, I mean, what if you bought an appliance together? I want to come over. I, I need to see the refrigerator. It's stainless steel. I remember the day we moved it in. It was a wonderful day. We ate Chinese food on the floor. It was the first thing we bought. Uh, I'm coming over next Thursday. Don't be there. Leave the key under the mat. I want to spend time with stainless steel. Uh, I want to spend time with Dippity, the refrigerator. <laughs> I'm Vinny Penn, party animal, animal radio. People say less is more. At Red Barn, we think less is better. It's what you won't find that sets our natural premium pet food apart. No byproducts, no corn or soy, no fillers. Just the natural ingredients your pets need to live the healthy life they deserve. Look at the label. We want you to. Red Barn Naturals Pet Food. Simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. Try our chicken rolled food as a meal or shred it as a topper. Hey, everybody. This is Kenny Lee Lewis from the Steve Miller Band. Just want to tell everybody out there on Animal Radio, thanks for loving your pets. Don't forget you can ask your questions from the Animal Radio app. For iPhone or Android, it's free. It's a free download for your smartphone. Howard, how are you doing? I'm doing fine. How are you doing? Good. What's going on? How can we help you? I have, uh, we have two palms and a chihuahua, and we got a miniature terrier. We got him from the pound. We brought him home, and everything was fine. He got along with the, the other um, palm, who is three years old, and the terrier is also three years old. And they got along fine. They played in the yard, but... Sometimes the terrier would, he would always want to steal the toys from the other uh, palm, which is Peanut. Typical terrier. terrier. Yeah, the terrier, Mm -hmm. which is, his name is Duncan. And he would always steal his toys, and then sometimes they'd get in fights because the other uh, Peanut didn't like that. A lot of the times he would, you know, he he wouldn't get in a fight with them, but but then sometimes he would, and then they'd fight every now and then, just little fights here and there. But all of a sudden, last week, we took him to get his uh, shots. I forgot which ones he got. And ever since he got these shots, he came home, and it was a totally different dog. He just, you know, growled all the time at everybody, and he just uh, he started fights with the other one, with the, the one that always started fights with him. And, and uh, unfortunately, long story short, we had to get rid of the miniature terrier because they were going to kill each other, and so it seemed like. And now the palm of peanut, he's, he's so sad now. So a couple of days ago, we took him to the vet, to the lady that we gave him to, just one last time. And then peanut, he didn't start a fight with him, but the other guy, Duncan, he was so mad that he got kicked out of the house that he just wanted to rip, you know, just wanted to rip him up. So, and that was the last time they saw each other, and and now he's really sad. Okay. I want to make sure I've got all the parties figured out here. So you have the min pin. Now, are these all male dogs? Yes. And you have a miniature pincher that is now out of the house, the Pomeranian, and then the terrier. And the terrier is the one that kind of takes control of the toys in the house. Well, the miniature terrier that we got, yeah, he, well, the palm with Tina, he always would play with a toy and the, and the, 
the terrier, he was uh, he was a really rough dog. He'd always grab the toys from the other dogs and always try to uh, start stuff with the other dogs. And he would, uh, I didn't tell you that, he would chase the other peanut, the palm, uh, around the house just violently. Just And then he, but, and then the palm, well, he would refrain from, with him. he would just let him do it or he'd just run away from him. And, and did you say that the, the miniature pincher was the new dog in the house recently? Yeah, the miniature terror. Yeah, that's right. Miniature ter- Okay, and, and how recent when you say recent? Month? Years? Uh, oh, okay. We got the miniature terrier about maybe a, two months ago, and unfortunately okay. had to get rid of them uh, about a week and a half ago. Now. Okay. All righty. And, and are these boys, um, what's their, their neuter status? Yeah, see, uh, uh, the, well, the terror we got from the pound, so of course he was neutered. Uh, mm-hmm. The other one, uh, we made the mistake and we never neutered them, so I know that was a mistake. Okay, so the other two are not neutered. Uh, let's see, the other girl, she's a Chihuahua. She, I think she's spayed, and I think okay. the other Tom is neutered. All right. Well, the, the reason that does come into play is is because as long as testosterone is in the mix, there there's going to be some some changes and some issues that come up with uh, interdog relationships and aggression. So. That can sometimes it's actually worse if they're neutered. In other cases, if they're intact, um, you know, there's a lot of uh, conflict. So, so that can play a role. And, and any behaviorist would say, oh gosh, you know, if we're having aggression-related issues inside the home, let's address um, the neuter status. And if there's no compelling reason not to neuter, then that might be one thing to look at. With with all these different personalities going on, there's a lot of different triggers that I'm presuming are in your home that are kind of establishing these these altercations. So you mentioned toy-related aggression. So it is not uncommon, like Joey said, that terriers or small dogs take possession of items. And I have one in my house. My terrier pretty much thinks he owns every toy and every item in the house. And if someone else takes one, he wants it back. He may not use it, but he wants it and he wants to sit with it. Um, yeah. So this is, this is part of... Uh, the, him taking control of the environment. If the other dogs aren't game for that, you're going to have conflict. Now, they can also have uh, guarding or uh, resource guarding when it comes to the humans in the home. And that can be very challenging um, because there's different hierarchies with dogs, with how they recognize who's in charge of the items as well as who's in charge of the human attention. And then you throw food in there and there can even be a different hierarchy of who's the top dog when it comes to food. Um, so in my house, I have different rules. Um, I didn't set some of those rules. My dogs did. So I have one dog that's a little bit food aggressive. The other one is toy aggressive. And we have to follow those rules in order for there to be a harmony in the household. Um, in your situation, this is quite complex. I'll be very honest because I would need to be in your home environment to really see what is going on and, and how these doggies are uh, getting along to really kind of help kind of help things out. Now, you did bring up one point about some of the aggression you feel came out after a vaccination visit. Um, and there certainly can be pets, you know, can get, uh, they can feel run down after vaccinations. There are also pets that can feel kind of jazzed up and feel weird. They can have vasculitis, inflammation that may make them cranky. Um, so that's certainly possible. I don't think that's your sole problem. And it sounds like you've got a lot of challenges getting these kids to get along in general. 
Um, so yeah. I don't have an, an easy fix for you, but, but I would say make sure we address the neuter status. And the interesting thing, a lot of folks, you know, will say, oh, my dog's got along really good up until a couple of years. All of a sudden things changed and social maturity, it changes. It's not always when sexual maturity hits. So a lot of male dogs may get along great in a home until they're about a year and a half, two years. And then we start to see some territorial battles coming out, some different uh, demonstrations that might not have been present from the get go. Um, so that's why we always do advocate spaying and neutering just so we can help with some of those problems from ever developing in the first place. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Nature at its best is nature at its simplest. At Red Barn, we've kept it simple for 20 years by concentrating on single-ingredient natural dog treats. Because Mother Nature's actually pretty good at this. Bones are just tasty bones. Meat treats are just nourishing meat. It's nature at its simplest. Look at the label. We want you to. Red Barn Natural Treats. Simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. Try our slow-roasted natural meaty bones. This is an Animal Radio News Update. We keep on hearing those heartbreaking stories of dogs that die after being left in the car in the summer heat. One mall in Canada is going out of its way to prevent this from happening. It's called the Micmac Mall in Dartmouth, Nova Scotia. And it now has special pet patrols that scour the parking lots and help any dogs in distress. The patrol started after police did have to break into a car earlier this summer and rescue a dog. Now, this is really worth a reminder here that on a 78-degree day, and that is not hot, Temperatures inside a parked car can go up to between 100 and 120 degrees in just 10 minutes. Signs of heat stroke include restlessness, thick saliva, heaving, panting, and a rapid heartbeat. Don't leave your dogs or your kitties or your animals in the car. So do dogs get jealous? Well, if you have one, you likely don't need a study to say, uh, yeah. But a study done at UC San Diego now does prove it. The researchers did a test. They used stuffed animated dogs who barked, whined, and wagged their tails as pet guardians sat in front of their real dogs but paid attention to the fake ones. The real dogs did not dig this at all. They snapped at the stuffed dogs, even pushed the stuffed dogs out of the way so they could get between the fakes and their person. And while the findings really aren't that much of a surprise, they are considered significant in researching emotions in dogs. And why do you think that they waste huh. their money doing studies that you already know and are very insignificant? Is it just because we have not noticed they, the study yet to see if dogs are jealous? We they know they are. The I have four dogs. They, <laughs> I know. They do it all the time, though. They do these studies, and I don't even know the price tag for that, but usually the price tags are from Mars. Could have done that study for, I don't know, five bucks? But now they have proof. I'm Tammy Trujillo. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com. Hey, don't forget, you can get your fix of Animal Radio anytime you want with the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Download it now. It's made possible by Fear Free Pets. Taking the pet out of petrified. Visit them at fearfreehappyhomes.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at animalradio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Are you sure? That's a lot. I am sure. Okay. Yes. It's uh, Animal Radio celebrating our connection with our pets and uh, just about to do the Hero Person of the Week. Uh, but this hero has not only been on with us before, but also holds the record of the most... 
what what is appearances, it? Most the appearances, most appearances, yeah, on animal radio. Frequent flyer miles for frequent guests. This will be his thirteenth appearance on Animal Radio. We welcome back Bob Barker. Hi, Bob. How are you doing? I'm fine. Is this Hal? Yes, it is. Hal, this is our thirteenth uh, get together. Is that unbelievable or what? <laughs> it is, but I'm I'm scared now. Do you think anything's going to go wrong? No. Well, I oh, hope not. No, I gotta... Well, we can just skip it and call it fourteen if you'd like. Yeah, oh, because no, I, I'll go along with thirteen. Some people think thirteen's lucky. So we'll hope we're among those folks. Well, good. Well, you know what? You sound just absolutely fabulous, as usual. Well, thank you very much. I don't know why I I wouldn't sound as good as I ever have, because I'm just about as healthy as I've ever been. I I was just talking with someone the other day, and uh, I've I've gone through a a period of excellent health, and I thank the good Lord for it. Well, now, what what do you attribute that to? Well, I... uh, in all seriousness, I, I, uh, there are a lot of answers for that, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, to tell you the truth, I think it's nutrition and exercise. Nutrition, uh, what kind nutrition of Nutrition ex- and exercise are, are important at every age, but when, as you get older, and I'm not just older, I'm old, uh, I think it is really important. These people you see shuffling around all bent over, they've forgotten to exercise. Oh, what kind of exercise do you do? Well, I do a lot of stretching, and I do uh, some light weights, uh, some dumbbells, 25 pounds. And uh, then I get on an elliptical machine, and uh, I get my heart in as good a shape as I can with that. Mm, that's wow. good. Joey, you should try that. That's what I'm saying. Is that what you're saying now? Yeah. Just oh, a little weight, picking up some now? weights here and there, and maybe a walk here and there. You'll live a long life. Uh, it's that elliptical. I love the elliptical. Well, you know, Bob, the reason we're having you on today is because you're our hero of the week. Oh, thank you. And thank you very much. What did I do to earn that? Well, you did multiple things, <laughs> actually. Really, in fact... Oh, I've been working that on it a long time, then. Yeah. Oh, yes, you have. In fact, I would say that uh, your greatest achievement really is your animal advocacy, wouldn't you? Well, I uh, certainly am devoting an awful lot of time to that now. I, uh, I devoted time to it, too, when I was working, but uh, now I have more time, and I'm... Uh, not only doing more of it, I'm doing it in more places. Just this last April, you were uh, you made a cameo appearance on The Bold and the Beautiful, one of the last surviving <laughs> soap operas, and uh, it was uh, on behalf of animals. And it was. And now, I'm so happy that you brought that up. Okay. I am going to tape another Bold and Beautiful, and we're going to be plugging spay neuter all through it, and... Uh, there's going to be a guy who gets kind of smart about it. And do you remember Cappy Gilmore? Oh, yeah. Well, I do a, a, a return to the Happy Gilmore character, and I flatten the guy. Oh, okay. I remember that from the movie, the, the Adam Sandler movie. <laughs> yeah, the golf course. I'm, I'm going to get in, into another fight, and uh, I'm ready for it. I've been working out. Yeah. Everybody knows that you talk about spaying and neutering that's been your really kind of your motto your tagline but uh you've done other things like these hiv infected research chimpanzees this is horrible they infected them on purpose to see what happens when you infect or get the hiv infection right right and what did you do well uh those poor animals many if not most of them have never been uh out of a cage and they uh, have HIV and uh, what in the world is going to uh, happen well there are animal uh, 
rescues or mm-hmm. animal uh, uh, sanctuaries. sanctuaries that uh, can take them, but they can't put them in with the other chimps. So they have to build uh, a brand new one, huh? For them, and that costs money. And I've been helping uh, various sanctuaries to do exactly that because. If there were ever animals that deserve help, it's these ones that have been used in HIV. Well, you, you're, you're helping terrible. not only the animals that have it's been used, but the, the working animals, too, like the, uh, the elephants that are in the circuses. How many oh, have I, we... I do all I can to help them, absolutely. The elephants in circuses are among the most abused of all animals, and they should not be in the circuses at all, and we're... There are circuses that are actually uh, abandoning the elephants, and uh, they haven't hasn't hurt their uh, their attendance. attendance at all. No, yeah. their, their attendance, no. Their bottom dollar. And the the elephants in zoos. I've been working trying to help them too. And I might add the uh, leading zoos, the most progressive zoos, the best informed zoos, are closing their elephant exhibits because they have come to terms with the fact that an elephant cannot be healthy and certainly not happy in a zoo. When I talk, when I say it, I'm, they're, they're the big ones, I'm talking about the, the uh, London Zoo, the uh, National Zoo of Scotland. Uh, look at the New York zoos have all closed their elephant exhibits. The uh, Central Park Zoo, the Bronx Zoo, wow. uh, the famous Chicago Zoo, Lincoln Park Zoo, they, they're all closing their elephant exhibits and thank God for it. The uh, you know there's I mean, it's hard to believe that there's universities that still experiment on cats and you're putting an end to that. You're helping uh, put I'm an end to that. On that too, yeah. What are they? What are they doing? Well, they're doing it for money. Uh, universities uh, will do any. Many of them will do anything to animals that uh, they think that they can get a uh, a grant for. I mean, the national uh, what is it? National. Uh, uh, who gives these grants to the universities? I've suddenly gone blank on it. Oh, that's okay. That happens to me. <laughs> In any event, uh, they do it for money. Thank you for all your work bringing this to even my attention. A lot of these things on this list here I did not know about. I was not aware of. Well, I don't know what you've seen there that you aren't aware of, but whatever it is, you can uh, bet we're doing all we can to, to try to do something about it. It's overwhelming, of course. You become discouraged, but uh, I keep, when I speak with groups or whatever, anytime I have the opportunity, I point out that we have made such huge strides. Mm -hmm. And uh, I like to describe the uh, animal rights movement uh, like a huge uh, snowball rolling down a mountain. It's getting bigger and bigger all the time, and it's getting faster and faster all the time. And nobody is going to stop it now. At first... There were people who actually thought they were going to stomp out the animal rights movement. They know now that they're not. And some people who are really influential have become involved, and people who have money have become involved. And uh, that's what it takes, and that's what we got, and that's why we're going to make this a better world for animals. Again, our Hero of the Week. I'm going to put this list of the amazing things that you've done up at the website so people can check this out. And I thank you so much for joining us for for our 13th time. (laughs) Well, it's a pleasure. And let's just keep it up. I'll tell you something. 
that we are really grateful for in the animal rights movement, and that is the media. If it weren't for radio and television and newspapers, how would we get the word out? And it's all a matter of making people aware. Most people respect animals, but they don't understand and they don't know how they're being mistreated. And this program that you're doing with me right now is very valuable to us, and I thank you. Well, thank you very much. This is Animal Radio, baby. Fido Friendly Magazine presents the 12th Annual Cross-Country Pet Adoption Tour. Get your licks on Route 66, along with media sponsor Animal Radio and car sponsor Legends Car and Van Rental, with companion sponsor Zymox, advocate sponsor Brutus Bone Broth, and community sponsor Hands-On Gloves. The tour travels down America's favorite highway, stopping at shelters along the way to support adoption events and to raise money. In the first 11 years, the tour has helped to place over 14,000 pets into new for Homes. Log on to FidoFriendly.com to see where the tour stops near you and come out for a safe, fun way to support your local shelter. And who knows, you might just find your new forever friend. Hey, Dan, how are you doing? Well, I, um, I'm calling about a macaw that my wife got uh, about a week ago. And she uh, bought this macaw about three months old. We brought it home. We noticed, you know how they spread their wings and kind of stretch out? Mm-hmm. The left wing is fully formed in there, but the right wing ends at, like, the elbow. Oh. You can't, yeah, you can't really tell that the right wing isn't all there until it spreads its wings out. And then okay. it's like, well, that doesn't look right, you know? <laughs> so the bird's tried to fly once or twice, and it'll take off from the cage, and it won't nosedive into the ground or anything, but it doesn't get any lost. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess the question is, is this uh, somewhat normal at all for a bird to be born with a deformity like this? Or is this maybe something that just hasn't fully grown yet? Okay, well, uh, that's um, very interesting. You know, I'm always, Dr. Debbie always like kind of likes the weird and strange things, mm-hmm. and I, I wish I could see your bird's wing because it sounds very interesting and something that I do think a vet should take a look at, especially because we are a juvenile. Um, a young bird, you know, if this was something that was more of a growth deformity, we want to intervene when they're young. However, if this wing is short and you just, like, say there's half the wing that is on the other side, um, yeah, it could be a, a congenital de- deformity. And um, while that's not necessarily what we would call normal, it isn't uncommon. And we can definitely see birds born with various deformities, whether they affect the wing or the limb. It definitely can happen. But uh, I would definitely encourage you to just because some of these guys can get some different kinds of contracture. Um, so basically a tightening down of the soft tissues and those kind of things we may be able to help and do something for. But if there's only if there's only half a wing on that side, um, it's not going to grow in kind of what you got is what you got. Um, but I would hope we could preserve what God did give this bird and hopefully um, you know keep him comfortable and uh you know, not have that create more of a problem. And I would be very cautious with allowing the bird to jump and, and to do starts and flying because um, that's actually how we break uh, the good wing. A lot of times when, when birds jump, if we don't have the lift that he needs to get up, um, you know, we can definitely land on the ground, put the wings down and fracture the opposite side. So be very cautious with that. That's something you, you have certainly have a special needs bird that is going to need a little extra attention and uh, not that the bird can't live a you know 
healthy, normal life, yeah. but uh, may not just be a flight bird, that's all. Um, as far as the wings go, he does use his wings a lot when he's climbing around. He uses them like, like we would use our arms. A know? finger, he yeah, that's what... <laughs> of course, if it's going to save us money and not have to clip his wings, that's always a good thing, too. We just wanted to make sure that there wasn't going to be any other repercussions down the line, you know, as he gets older, from some sort of deformity that we don't know anything about. I mean, we tried to Google it, and we couldn't even find anything on that. So, yeah, so that's and that's the challenge. Is Yeah, I think a vet's going to need to put their eyeballs on things, and in many cases we'll even need to shoot a quick x-ray just to see what bones are there because uh, a lot of times you know, we can take an x-ray and see that there's congenitally a lack of certain bones um, or that there was a previous fracture or something like that. So, yeah, I think it's well worth you getting into the vet at this point. Okay. Hope that helps out, Dan. Thanks for listening. I can't believe it's just passed by so fast. Once again, remember, you can download the Animal Radio app for iPhone or Android or BlackBerry, and uh, it's a free download. You can ask your questions right from the app, as well as listen to past shows and browse our deep resources. Uh, be sure to check out Dr. Debbie's books. We'll have links over at the website, but they are Yorkshire Terriers, Shih Tzus, Pugs, Mini Schnauzers, How to Be Your Dog's Best Friend. So if you have one of these breeds, listen up. This is like the owner's manual, the guardian's manual, and you should check it out. It's an Amazon book, and of course, links over at AnimalRadio.com. I want to thank Bob Barker for his 13th appearance. 13 went Woo-hoo. fine. There was no problem there whatsoever. And uh, we'll hopefully be back for his 14th appearance at one point or another. He's got to keep that record going. He doesn't want anyone else to have more guest appearances on Animal Radio he's, than he She's way ahead. I don't oh, think anyone I, will catch up. I don't think anybody's close at this point. Also, Dorothy Hunter, thank you so much for joining us. And, of course, she just finished the 30 days of eating dog food, all to prove a point. And uh, that's how she, she was our hero of the week. Thank you so much, Dorothy. Today, we're going to leave you with a little something different. Here's a song requested by one of our listeners. It's called Dixie the Tiny Dog, and it's by Peter Himmelman. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. I'm a tiny dog named Dixie. I have small feet which pitter-patter on the linoleum floor. You can hear my toenails in the middle of the night. My tag says I belong to the Johnsons, but they don't own me. They just feed me. They just bought me one day. No one owns me. I'm Dixie the tiny dog. And in the middle of the day, I sit in the sun and I hear young children call me a wiener dog. Perhaps that's what I am. The Germanic term is dachshund and I like that. I'm thin and I'm proud. No one can make fun of me. I can slip through the bars of a prison if I were ever incarcerated. But I don't know what I would do wrong. My body yields no evil inclination. I'm a pure wiener dog. My name is Dixie and I go dancing across the floor in the evening of the Johnsons when everyone's sleeping. Sometimes I look for a morsel of food but they're so clean they're almost anal retentive in their cleanliness habits and there's nothing for me. But I don't despair because I know tomorrow my Gainsburgers will be there and they will unwrap the plastic from them and feed me this succulent dish and I will eat and oh I've watched the German shepherds with their long necks their graceful necks dipping into the toilet to drink whenever they want to have a drink of cool water in that well but I must plead I must beg I must whine for Mr. Johnson to put out my bowl or one of the Johnson boys to refill it after I drink it because I'm Dixie the dog and I like water and in the middle of the 
tonight you can see me dancing a small Fred Astaire tap dance with my little toenails. They go click, click, click against the linoleum and I run down the hall and I slide and the back of me goes in front of me slowly. I'm long and I'm thin. I'm Dixie the tiny dog and I like it. This is Animal Radio Network. Network.